Uh, Rose here has been um, what they call a reader in the Church of England for some years now and um, been with us for four, five? Oh, I forget now. Time, time flies. Um, a reader is, is posh church speak for being able to preach, which is, you would have thought it would be a tightly more interesting or obvious title, but never mind. That's the way it goes. Let's pray for Rose and for us as we move towards a sermon. Father, we thank you for your word to us. Thank you for Rose, and we ask that you would speak clearly through her now, that she might be able to communicate your truths. But for us too, we ask that you'd help us to be people who hear and respond rightly to your word, to your calling to us. Amen. Amen. As I get older, I get more absent-minded. <laughs> and annoyingly, I lose things more often. The other day, I came in here with my lunchbox. I don't know if Claire's here today. She'll vouch for this. And could I remember where I'd put it? Eventually, we found it on the chairs at the back where I'd stopped for coffee, and I was sitting at the front. I remember one day, somebody in this congregation told me they'd lost their garage keys. And while the car wasn't in there, not many of us seem to keep our cars in our garages these days, the freezer was, so it was a touch inconvenient, to say the least. She'd already searched everywhere and prayed, but we prayed again. And when she went home, thankfully, she found the key in the garden rubbish bag. You can ask her <laughs> sometime. People getting lost is even more distressing. A friend once told me she got stuck in a bin which she'd climbed into for fun as a child. And you can imagine her poor parents, who looked long and hard for her and clearly could not see her in this bin, so they'd been all over the place before they got back to her. Anyhow, she's now 88, so I guess no harm done, but she clearly remembers the incident. It's amazing how much it bothers us, even when we lose small, trivial things. I don't know if any of you have ever done a thousand-piece puzzle and got to the end, and that last bit is missing. And it's so annoying, because the picture is incomplete. Or whether you've ever made an item of clothing and got to the end and found, oh, you've dropped a stitch and there's a hole in it somewhere. In today's reading... Jesus tells us the story of a woman who loses a coin. She's got 10 silver coins and she loses one. And she searches until she finds it. And she's really pleased when she finds it. So what prompts this story from Jesus? What's it meant to say to us? It's part of three stories that Jesus tells about lost things or people. And it follows a muttered comment by the Pharisees and teachers of the law, the religious leaders of Jesus' day. And they mutter because they see that Jesus associates with those they think of as sinners. Perhaps they think this great teacher's time is only for those that deserve it, those who've already given their lives to God. Perhaps they're worried that Jesus will be polluted by associating with these sinners and other bad characters. A bit like when we worry about our children if they get on 
in with the wrong crowd. We worry that they'll get led astray. Perhaps they're concerned it will give their religion a bad name. Or perhaps they think they themselves are perfect. They're definitely not sinners. They never do anything wrong. And they're above others. And they don't need Jesus. Jesus' responsive stories show such a different approach and attitude. He tells a story with a man who loses one sheep out of a hundred, just one, and yet he leaves all the 99 behind to go and search for that one that's lost till he finds it. That would have been a relatively wealthy man with a hundred sheep, but he still cares about that one sheep that got lost. In the parable today, the woman has 10 coins, but she's really bothered by the one coin she loses. We're told in the commentaries and things that these coins were probably only worth about five pence each, a drachma. It's not a lot of money. This woman is probably very poor. She probably has no husband. She probably has no children. They're not mentioned in the story. She's probably a widow, and that 10 coins is probably all she has as her safety net. Nonetheless, she cares really much about this little coin that she loses. And maybe the religious leaders would have thought, why bother with that little coin? Because they would have had a lot of money. Like the sinners, in their eyes, that would have been something worthless. The woman, however, really values this coin. She lights up the house with a lamp Just as Jesus lights up the world with his teaching, he lights up the Jewish people to try and bring them to faith, especially with the good news. And the good news is called the gospel. And it proclaims the kingdom of God has come near and that it brings healing and forgiveness to everyone. Anyone can come. All are invited into God's kingdom. The woman sweeps the house carefully, probably kicking up a lot of dust right into the corners. And there's some suggestions this dust is like when Jesus proclaims his message to us and the impact that has on us. We are challenged. We start thinking of the wrongs we've done and maybe we start making excuses. Oh, I'm not as bad as them. Oh, I'm doing all right, really. Oh, it's okay. Or we get defensive. Or maybe Satan starts saying things into our head like, you're never going to be worthy anyway. You're never going to be good enough for church or God. What you've done is too bad. There's a lot of dust flacking around as we start to look at what's wrong in our lives under the light of Christ. We get lost in the dust of uncertainty and doubt in the mess. But the dust doesn't stop the woman in our story going on searching. There is always hope. We're never too far from God for God to find us. The shepherd, maybe it's meant to be the good shepherd, Jesus, decides that 99 is not enough. He doesn't abandon the lost sheep. He searches till he finds it. The woman, something. People say that because she's feminine, she might represent the Holy Spirit. The woman hunts until she finds her lost coin, even though it's only worth five pence. She hunts until she finds it. Coins have an image on them. It's the image that gives them their value. We 
are made in the image of God. And that's what gives us our value. We were created by him and he longs to be in relationship with us. We are precious to him. He values every one of us as individuals. And he will search until he finds us. When we lose things, it seems to matter almost disproportionately to us. To God, the loss of any one person matters intensely. If the picture of the puzzle is incomplete, even if only one piece is missing, it matters. There is a hole. In God's plans and purposes, you matter. I matter. Jesus said, I haven't come to call the righteous. I've come to call the sinners to repentance. God so loved the world that anyone who believes in him shouldn't perish but have everlasting life. Jesus is challenging the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, the religious leaders of his day. He's challenging them to a different point of view. Will they only spend their time with those who are already in the synagogues, the 99 who are safely in the fold, the nine coins that they already have? Or will they reflect God's heart and go and search for the ones that are lost? I wonder where you are today. If you're still lost in the dust, God is searching for you. If you're already found and you're in the church, how do you spend your time? Because this challenge is for us. Are you only focused on those already in the church? Or are you like God? Do you have his heart that will go out and will search for those that don't yet know that God loves them, loves them so much that he sent Jesus to die for them? Where is your heart? There's another scripture that says, where your heart is, there your treasure will be also. Finally, our story has a party, a celebration. The shepherd who finds his sheep calls his neighbours and friends together to rejoice with him. The woman does the same when she finds the lost coin. And we are told that God and his angels in heaven rejoice over the one sinner that repents. All of us have done things that are wrong. All of us have not loved God the way he deserves, have not loved our fellow human beings as we could have done. God is genuinely heartbroken when we go away from him and don't live in the ways of peace and love and joy that he made us for. To repent means to turn around. It means to recognise we've done wrong. It means to recognise there's a better way than that poor way of our own that we are living. It's to recognise that his paths alone will bring us real joy and peace and life in all its fullness. And when we turn back to God and invite him to be part of our lives, God is genuinely delighted. Sheep kind of wander away from the paths and get lost. 
coins roll away and maybe get lost or get put in some unexpected place. But people make choices. Jesus' third story of lostness is called the prodigal son or the lost son. And it's about a son who chooses to take his share of his father's inheritance before his father's dead, run off with it and squander it all in wild living. However, this son then makes another choice. He repents, he turns around, he rethinks, he changes his mind and he comes back to his father because he knows his father loves him enough that at least he'll accept him as a servant. Well, actually, the father loves him more than that. The father is delighted to have him back. He dresses him in a fine robe, he puts a ring on his finger and he throws a party for him because he's back. He's very, very happy to welcome him back as his beloved son. That is the God we serve. He is so very, very happy when we turn to him. He's very, very happy when we recognise we are each children of God and of infinite value to him. Today we give thanks with Kerry and Dave. We give thanks with, I hope I'm saying this right, Kayleigh May. Callie. Callie May. (laughs) Thank you. We give thanks for Freddie, who's come into their family and is a joy to them as their son and as their brother. And we're here today to to thank God for that life, his character, his personality, and the joy he brings to those around him. Life is precious. But you know, there'll be an even bigger celebration in heaven when one day Freddie gives his life to God and recognises that he belongs to God and that he's God's child. And the same applies to anyone else in this room who has not yet come into the kingdom of God and does not yet know how much God loves them and cares about them. When you make that decision, God will be rejoicing with his angels in heaven. And as for the church... Well, let us take that challenge that Jesus has given and think, how do I spend my time? Where is my heart? Do I have the same heart as God for the lost to see people come into the kingdom? And will we, when they come in, give them an equally special welcome and have a party and rejoice because we see people come into the kingdom of God? Amen.